This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Minding Creative Minds is a comprehensive well-being and support programme available 24-7. Specifically designed for the Irish creative sector, including professionals in the film and TV industry. Experience, peace of mind, knowing that a skilled team of trained counsellors and psychotherapists are at your disposal. They provide medium-term intervention and expert guidance on managing day-to-day challenges that often lead to anxiety and stress. <sighs> Discover the valuable assistance Minding Creative Minds offers by visiting mindingcreativeminds.ie today. Take the first step towards enhanced well-being in your creative journey in confidence. Hello filmmakers, you're very welcome to this very special episode of FNI Rap Chat. This is indeed our 200th episode. Uh, hard to fathom that when we started um, all those years back, just myself and Paul. It's grown a lot since then. We have um, a whole host of presenters and co-hosts um, working on the show and uh great contacts within the industry and with distribution and it's wonderful to see you know just how many Irish films are coming out constantly so we're constantly getting to uh, see new films and go and talk to the filmmakers about that and uh, it's definitely grown I feel uh, the industry has grown stronger in the time that we've been making this podcast so it was a really special night um last week last monday in the lighthouse as part of the fni fast fest it was the night of the screening of all the films that were made and uh it was just an amazing feast (laughs) for cinema goers um it was so much fun to see all these films and i was really 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 impressed by the quality so there's definitely um some future podcast interviewees amongst those filmmakers for sure um and before the the screening of the films we did a an interview for this podcast uh with mark o'connor um a very well-known filmmaker of um uh, cardboard gangsters uh king of the travelers and uh brand new film coming out uh, soon he's just started filming um so yeah an amazing filmmaker and kathy brady uh who made a film called wildfire and there was a connection there the award uh, there was an award named after the actor nika mcguigan uh who kathy had worked with a lot um so it was quite emotional and uh, to be there that night and to hear Kathy talk about her friend and collaborator in such a moving way. So that is all part of the, the podcast. Um, so yeah, so the future is bright. We are going to keep making podcasts and uh, we, we want more people to get involved. So if you want to give us feedback, uh, please leave us a review. Uh, one of the best things you can do is subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast now hit follow or hit subscribe and we'll keep 
you up to date on all our podcasts. Um, we're constantly trying to bring in new people, new voices. Um, so please contact us at info at wearefni.com if you want to get involved or if you have ideas, uh, we want to hear them. So let's go to the podcast from uh, last Monday in the Lighthouse with Mark O'Connor and Kathy Brady. How's everybody doing? Woo! Look at so many people, it's amazing. Uh, my name is Paul, I run Film Network Ireland along with Ray and some uh, amazing people, Mark and Paul, co-host and co-producer of our podcast, F&I Rap Chat. And this is a really hugely important community endeavor. Uh, people just really working together in tandem and being not cynical, which is very important. So give yourselves a round of applause for taking part for a start. <clears throat> so I might say that like it was a bit hectic over the weekend and fair play you made it in from all the you know asteroids and trees flying everywhere over the last 24 hours so thanks very much for for making an effort I know some of you came up from the country and other parts uh, all over the island of Ireland so we really appreciate it um, I just want to thank just very quickly before I bring our wonderful guests uh, Mark O'Connor and, and Kathy Brady up Ari Rental have been amazing in, in this, as have Windmill Lane. Um, who's that at the top right? Uh, Screen Ireland, Kodak, and all of those lovely people. Minding Creative Minds, Valley of the Mad, uh, the Fastnet Film Festival, Griffith College, who are our hosts for the actual festival itself, which is incredibly important to have a, a roof over our heads for that, an incubator lab, so to speak. speak. Rambling Rover for giving us caravans for going all over, all over the country over the last 12 months for festivals. And uh, Dublin City Brown Company, which is all in your bellies. Um, and Film Equipment Store as well. So, um, and Bow Street as well, that are a huge support to us. So can I get a round of applause for all these wonderful people that don't have to do that. Uh, we won't keep you very long uh, in terms of the podcast, but our podcast is the funnel and kind of the backbone of everything that we do in Film Network Ireland. It gives us access to people that we wouldn't normally have access to. It's been a great learning experience for myself and Paul and our other co-hosts, of which there are five or six. And we really care about what we do. We really think of it as a library of experience so that when we're not around, people can listen back and go, actually, there's somebody who does what I do or what I want to do, and it makes it a little bit easier. So I know that it's not all sunshine and rainbows and that it's tough. It's really tough. Uh, this work that we all do is incredibly tough. So we wanted to give something that we didn't have when we were starting out to the environment, to the, to the industry, to the workplace, so that people knew that they weren't on their, on their own. But you are on your own tonight, so turn off your phones now, please. That would be really appreciated. Or on uh, airplane mode or whatever it is that you need to do to not disturb everybody else. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. Um... So yeah, so just basically the way this is going to work, we're going to have a short chat for about 20 minutes, half an hour. 
uh, which will become our 200th episode of our podcast, which is some achievement. Um, thanks so much. Um, and then we show all the films, because everyone loves the films. Uh, and that will be for about an hour and a half, an hour and 40 minutes. Then we'll do the awards, and with a bit of luck, we'll get you on the last bus home then uh, around 11. So um, can I get a massive round of applause for the Lighthouse for helping us out with this endeavor? Yeah, soccer. And can I get a, and a round of applause for Paul Webster, who's going to join me on stage now, co-host and co-producer of the podcast. Um, nice mic. Uh, can I get the other mic there as well? Yeah, lovely. Thanks very much. And Amy, woohoo! Um, so yeah, if you haven't, and I'll do it myself as well, is to put my phone on silent. It's so weird, there's much more of an echo than I was expecting. Yes. <laughs> yes. Ladies and gents, can I get a round, a round of applause and an introduction, a kind introduction for um, two really wonderful social, socially important filmmakers. Um, I'll also mention that at the end of tonight's proceedings, uh, we wanted to do something to mark, um, I'm not actually just on Facebook, by the way, which you probably think I am, uh, just to mark... Uh, uh, someone's uh, endeavours and contribution to Irish film and TV over the years. He was a colleague of mine in college and a, and a, and a pal over a couple of years. Um, and we're naming the inaugural um, FastFest First Place Award after Nika McGuigan. Uh, can I get a round of applause for that, please? Nika was a filmmaker, uh, an, an actor, and a, a creative force that it didn't come easy to her despite uh, her background and her, up, or her upbringing. And she fought for every gig that she got, and every role that she got, and she had to fight against type a lot of the time. And she was a wonderful actor that was only really starting to make headway um, on some great things, including Wildfire, by Kathy's Wildfire, more, more recently. It's a, tra a tragedy that we lost her at 33 years of age. Um, Kathy Brady is a filmmaker who made probably the best Irish short I've ever seen in Morning, if you haven't seen it, with Johnny Harris. And, uh, and it was, it's a fantastic piece of work. Check it out, as well as episodes of Can't Cope, Won't Cope, and Wildfire again more recently. So a round of applause for Kathy, who we'll bring you on in a moment. Um, and for those of you who took part in the festival, Mark O'Connor is, uh, you know, a brilliant Irish filmmaker who makes some really popular but also important uh, social realism uh, pieces of cinema that analyzes our perception of the of the working class and gang culture and analyzes the human condition and why people behave the way they behave uh, more notably cardboard uh, gangsters recently um, between the canals which is a fantastic piece of work as well as darklands on tv and He's, he's, he's really is a brilliant filmmaker, and he was around for the festival as well. He gave lots of time over the weekend uh, for that. And a round of applause for Mark O'Connor, please. So I might bring down uh, Mark and, and, and Kathy, if you, if you can pop down. Pop down, say hello. And where's Mark? Oh, there he is. Dan, do you want to come and sit on his lap? <laughs> it's an in-joke for the weekend. Um, 
How you doing? Good, thank you. Okay, I suppose this chat just is just mark on a two hundred episodes of like the endeavor of the podcast. Um, I just felt that kind of way. It's not something we were planning, um, and I just wanted to ask um, Paul Webster to ask a question because we've been talking for forty-seven minutes. Um, yeah, well, we said we'd kind of have a little look at the film industry, uh, kind of at the moment, and kind of through the lens of the work that you've done and where you're at now. So in the time, and we'll go to both of you, but in the time that you've worked, both been working in the industry, what are the biggest changes that you've seen? Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm only going to say something that will get me in trouble, he thinks. How's it going, everybody? Uh, thanks for coming in and looking forward to this. Um, the biggest changes... Um, Trying to think, I've been making films for a while now. Um, in terms of funding or just in general with the industry? Yeah, I guess the landscape, yeah. Yeah. Um, I suppose, um, I think nowadays it's about, I can hear the echo of my voice over there. Uh, it's, about, it's about the IP. I think nowadays you can kind of uh, con control your IP the way you weren't able to in the past um, in terms of distribution. Oh, sorry. It's so it's intellectual property. So if you if you make a film, you know, um, it's having the rights to to sell it, and um, you know, so that if a distributor comes in, they're not going to spend fifty grand on marketing, hundred grand on marketing, and that comes off straight away when he, when you release it in the cinema, um, and they're going to also take like fifty percent of everything. So a film makes nothing, you know, when it comes to cinema, and so I think. Now the opportunity for filmmakers, I think, is to um, is to be you know have that control over the IP um, through various different different ways and 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 self distribution and being able to pick up a camera yourself and do it. Whereas when I was coming out, I suppose we were shooting on film, you know, at the start, and then we were shooting on you know the red, which was it was it was cheap, but it was, still wasn't what it's like now. So the opportunity has opened up, I think, a, a lot more for filmmakers to go out and do it, to uh, self-finance, um, to make in indie films and to, you know, uh, produce really high quality films um, that can premiere at top international festivals and then you can sell it yourself or um, distribute it, you know, without just handing it over, you know. That's what I, that's what I think uh, it's improved in that way. Um, hello. Um, I think you know, when I started out, I would have shot my first short, small change on the red. Um, and so that was 2010. Um, and I think, you know, technology has become cheaper. Um, I think there's more opportunity to constantly make work. So I guess what's difficult now is how do you get work to stand out? Um, but there is the benefit of being able to shoot quicker and less expensive because you get to take more risks. Um, so, say for example, morning, that short was was very experimental. I worked separately with the two actors for two weeks, and then they met on screen for the first time. And I think you couldn't really do that if I was shooting on film. Um, whereas shooting on the Ari, it was it was cheap to do it, cheap to go right. We're going to block out four days. We're going to shoot this. It's going to be an experiment. It might not work. And only for that, I think, having a sense of that process, it, it allowed producers and finances 
to trust me then when it came to wildfire, which had a similar experimental process, which is very much actor-led, developing the characters with the actors. So I, I do think technology, um, it's positive that you can make more, but also it's how you, how you get to stand out. And do you feel the role of a director has changed? You kind of have to do more. <laughs> you kind of have to think about a lot more than maybe they would have before. Um, yeah, like I suppose for me, uh, when I was making short films, sometimes you get caught up in the, you know, doing the costume and, and art direction and who's going to make the food and you're trying to help. So you're doing too much. Um, so I, I think um, as you progress as a filmmaker, it's about focusing on the important elements of what you're trying to bring or what you want to, you know, like if it's directing or producing, whatever. Uh, or focusing on the script and just getting that right, really focusing on that. And then building up a team uh, of creatives who are better than you and more experienced if you can. Obviously, it, you know, it's difficult to find those people, but you have to surround yourself with really passionate people who are, are in it for the right reasons. Um, and um, wanna, and they've all got a, like a common kind of goal, you know, heading towards one thing. And you have to create that feeling uh, and atmosphere yourself through the people you hire, but also through the conversations that you have. You want to inspire people, you know. Um, How do you find out who is in it for the right reasons? Do you do like a personality test or a Scientology thing? or <laughs> how, do you, how do you figure that out? I, yeah, I think it's a good question. I think it's just like, uh, you know, conversations and, and meetings and um, and and sometimes um, it's not it's not just about experience. It's about uh, like I love, you know, working with new first timers. If they're like, say they want to get it, their first chance on a feature and they've done shorts. But you can tell that there's a real drive and passion there to do something. And they're really hungry and you know they're going to do a really good job. Obviously, you need to see their, their work and if they've done something before. And you'll, you'll get the uh, uh, sense of it through conversations, you know, I think, uh, you know, with the people to see if they're, they're talented. I think it's very fitting to say, to talk about Nika right now, because um, when I first met Nika, um, I was just blown away by her because she just emulated this energy and passion, um, ferociously intelligent and cared about the world, cared about what she wanted to make, how she wanted to make it. And she was like all in. And that for me is a vibe I want to be with. So how do you know when people are right with you when they have the same passion and interest and integrity? Um, it, it's, it's like magnetic to be around and you just want to make something with them, no matter what it is. And, and that really was like the first meeting I had with Nika. I just wanted to work with her. And you know, it did take us five years from, from idea to feature film. Um, we did make a TV series in between that, but it was still the initial meeting. Like I was, I was gonna make something with her regardless. Yeah. Like an alchemy, you know, an alchemy, yeah. Um, what are the, 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 you know, the landscape is changing so drastically in terms of how films are funded and there's all sorts of swirling contradictions in the industry right now about a lot of issues. Um, what are the key attributes a director or a creative force needs to have in order to get things over the line now? And how do you deal with the rejection of it all when it doesn't work in these changing 
times Paul. <laughs> um, well, I can only speak, you know, from personal experience. And my, my own feeling would be that you just, you have to go out and do it. And if you get rejected, you, you have to do it anyway. You know, that's what I find. Um, I personally have been rejected, turned down for most things. You know, I remember uh, James Flynn, who was an amazing producer uh, for Octagon. He did Vikings. And he, he told me everything he's ever submitted gets turned down, you know, the first time. Um, then you develop it a bit more and you have conversations and sometimes it goes through the process and it gets um, it gets put through, but like it can often get damaged. Um, you know, it, 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 the division of what you originally had gets changed because you get script editors and you get notes, you know, from producers and all these things. So it's beautiful if you can just make something pure. And I think the, these shorts are like going to be like that. Um, so, so, but I think you have to just do it no matter what. Like, um, even if you have no funding, you know, it's crazy. I know, but but um, it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what w if you were to give yourselves? I'll start with Kathy, um, and I'll hand you this microphone. So, just, um, what advice would you give yourself? You know, when you started this journey in relation to where you are now, like what what kind of what hard words would you give yourself to kind of sit yourself down in the corner and go, look, listen to me, I am the ghost of Christmas past or whatever. What would you say to yourself? I would say this is going to take a lot longer than you think. Um, there's going to be big highs and there's going to be big lows. Um, but as long as you stay true to yourself, it'll be worth it. Um, it's about the people that you connect with um, that can just be as important as the work itself. Um, and also, don't be afraid to stand your own ground. Um, because I think if I'm being very honest, there is a lot of big personalities in this industry. And something I've definitely learned along the way is to speak with much more clarity and truth about what I need. Um, because if you don't as a director, who's going to do it for you? Um, yeah, do you have kind of strategies to kind of fortify yourself against those harder things that we have to deal with? How do you pick yourself? How do you pick yourself up? Jeez, such a depressing. <laughs> <sighs> it's that time of year. <laughs> uh, it's it's well, like you know, like it's fucking really difficult at times to be a filmmaker, but. It's also exhilarating and, uh, you know, you have to just go after it. You know, like what I find, the ones that survived through the industry uh, were the ones that just went and did it. And, and I really believe that. And I, it's even in the process of making a film, you can literally be in development and you get all these people telling you, why don't you push till after Christmas? You know, why don't you shoot this in May or constantly? And... What can happen often is then it gets pushed back and then other things happen. If you're going for Screen Ireland funding or funding from somewhere else, the, the board changes and then suddenly they don't want the similar projects. There's so many different factors. So often the best way is to just go forward and say, no, we're, we're, we're doing this like, you know, either way. 
some of the best films have been made like that. There was a film there that came out, Lakelands, and they got turned down for funding. And, you know, the Screen Ireland kind of said, oh, why don't you make these changes and stuff and then come back to us in a couple of months? And, like, that could have worked. That could have been, a, you know, really worked well. But they were already had the, you know, crew and the whole production and locations set in. So they said they'll go ahead and they, they went and made it in it like really good film, you know, and, and it's one of the best films I think that have been made in the last couple of years. Um, so I think you might build something and you might be lucky enough to get funding and that's brilliant, but you're, you're not always lucky to get funding or you're not always lucky to find finance. There's other ways, there's lots of different ways to, to make a film, you know, it's not, there's not, it's not just Screen Ireland, there's BBC Channel 4, TV3, there's every like lots of different methods to finance, you know, self uh, distribution investors, you know, um, you just have to find a way. Just a quick one about cast and how many actors are in, put up your hand if you're an actor. Jesus. Um, how do you, how do you cast? Cause that's the eternal question for a lot of actors. It's like, I don't get seen. How do I get a job? How does that work? Like what w advice would you give to actors? Not just to like, get in your purview, that's not what I mean. But like, what type of actors do you want to work with? I think, you know, I think for me, it's, it's um, there's a certain energy and dynamic that I can't put my finger on. Like, it's like your tribe. And there's a certain quality that I really enjoy in performance. And often it's something that's raw, a little bit vulnerable and always quite surprising. And so actors who have that language, you know, I kind of gravitate towards them. So I don't really know what it is. It's, uh, maybe it's like dating. You just don't know what it is. There's a chemistry, you know, and it works. And then obviously you work with cast and directors. And um, I think finding a cast and director who totally sits in that world or cast films that, you know, that you really love those actors you often gravitate towards them because they're aware of that pool of actors. Um, I, I think for me, because I, sometimes I use improvisation, like I think not every actor has the skill set to be an improviser and an actor. So, because it's a, it's a really, you know, difficult thing to story tell and perform at the same time, you know? Um, so again, it's, it's like knowing that as an actor what your strengths are is just as important as what your weaknesses are. And also kind of, like not every director is right for you equally, not every actor is right for you, so that's totally okay. It's just finding who that director is and who can champion you. Uh, what about communication when working on sets? How important is it to be, or maybe it's not, to be a good communicator? Like what, like is brevity and, 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 and assertiveness important? Without, and being polite, like, well, what skills do you need and what can you get away with now when you're working? <laughs> don't, don't ask me. Uh, like, uh, yeah, of course you have to be polite. Uh, I think communication is really important and it doesn't mean you have to be the best speaker in the world, but it's how you get on with people and how you inspire them creatively, um, for me. Um, and and <clears throat> as you're building your crew, it's about pulling in different, you might be looking at different aspects of the filmmaking process, like locations, and you might find somebody who can get you access to something, and you're like, you know, go with that, you know, because that can put you in a different place than you would be, you know, so it's outside the comfort zone. Um, 
like we're trying to do something at the moment and I brought someone in and he's like, he, he can get his access to these areas that you wouldn't, you wouldn't see any films usually shooting in these places. And <clears throat> obviously it depends on the film you're, you're making, but um, you need to choose, you know, wisely as well, like your conversations and how you speak to people and the conversations you have. Like, so WhatsApp is brilliant because you can literally get so much done compared to when we were, I was doing like between the canals. Now it's like you can do, 10 WhatsApp voice messages to like costume, to locations, to all the people, you know, that you want to talk to. And then you set up groups for all of them and then they're having conversations. But like today we, ha we had like, uh, like on the costume WhatsApp, you know, we had like loads of messages. So it's like, you have to choose like, okay, I'll, I'll comment on that and that. But you know, you got to focus on the things that are important because you know, for me, it's like you, someone's telling you, oh, you have to come over here because we need to do this. And actually, no, like you need to sit down with your cameraman and, and, or camera woman and, and work out the shots because that's what you're shooting and figure out the style. And the, so, mm -hmm. so you got to figure out like, you know, what it is you're making and make sure that you're doing something correctly in the, in the decision making process. And not die on every single hill, like every single decision. Um, which hills should you die on? <laughs> um, that's a really that's a really good point and I think um, it is normal what battles to fight um, and I think of maybe just my last experience on, on the doll factory so there was a speed because it's TV and it's just another pace altogether in comparison to features so you have to think so fast on your feet um, and so it's tricky as well when you become a block two director on a on a series because the budget gets smaller and smaller as you do your episodes. Um, so you kind of like you you kind of go, where is it going to make the most sense on screen? Like, and sometimes it can be page count. Sometimes it can be like, well, this set we're going to be there for maybe five minutes that episode. Maybe I need to apply more pressure on getting the right episode, the the right location for that episode, and maybe those other two scenes which I really love, the, you know, the writing of, maybe they're not going to hold as much cinematic value. So it's, it, you know, but these are conversations you have with a really good executive as well, um, the writer. Um, and often kind of it's a, it's a very collaborative process, whereas I think when you're doing feature, it's often you're carrying a lot of these questions yourself. Um, and it, every scene's important because you've wrote it, you know. Uh, whereas TV, you have to be a bit more selective. Oh, me, okay. Uh, do you have anything to ask? Uh, just one last question. Um, what, uh, for people who are in this, a lot of people are in their infancy of their career in terms of going forward. Um, how important is bounce back ability? Like, like what, what advice would you give to, the, to them when, you know, everything feels so seismic? All the no's feel like, seismic knows, you know? Because it's hard to, to, to bring people into your world and your creative world sometimes, you know, when you're unhurt, when you feel kind of unhurt. And that's kind of the work that we try to do, is to try to be a not a, an all-inclusive environment, you know? It's not like people who can take part in our stuff are, you know, can be any level of experience per se, you know? So what would you say to somebody um, at that at that stage, like to keep going when things are really bad, you know. I think it depends on obviously your role in the industry. If you're a director, actor, writer, um, 
it's different. Um, but you know, you can have a no and it's a big blow to your whole, you know, but the thing is like, you can move in different directions. You have to slip and slide. They, you get a right hook and you go down, you go, go, to, go this way. So, you know, if you're developing something and you're going for a big budget of a, I don't know, a couple of million or something, and it's like getting turned down or they can't get actor, you can't get fun or it gets say pushed back six months. Then you say, okay, I'll, I'm going to move on this way and make something over here while that's still going on. So you can't just take this big thing. It's like the wall gets smashed down and then you can't rebuild it. You have to have several different walls, you know, mm -hmm. that you're building at once. Um, so get, it's good to be- Don't get tied to one idea. You yeah, know, I yeah. don't think that you only, only have one. You thing. have to be developing different projects, you know, as long as they're, as long as you don't get watered down and you're kind of like only doing a bit of effort on. So as long as you're really passionate about the, pro that, about the work, you know, I think it's good to have a few things moving at different, and, and sometimes at different stages and different, uh, like you might have something that you think, okay, that's big. And that could be for a platform like a Netflix, something smaller, that's, that's an Irish production. Maybe it could go screen art, you know, so you can have different, different projects that you're working on. If you're a producer, you know, if you're an actor, maybe it's about, maybe I'll think about working with a writer and writing something and having, like, I'm going to play the lead. A lot of, you know, good actors started like that. Create your own opportunities. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We won't take questions, I'm afraid, because we'll be here till two o'clock in the morning um, and it's already pretty late. Sorry, Shane, put the hand down. If anyone was there for the, the weekend event, you'll, you'll get that. Um, can I get a massive, huge round of applause for the guys? Thank you so much. Drag Race UK is back and if you are watching and you want to hear some outrageous opinions, some glittering guests and some piping hot tea, tune in to Sissy That Pod with new episodes every Friday right after the episode airs. Brought to you by the Headstuff Podcast Network. Don't hate me because I'm beautiful. Hate me because I listen to Sissy That Pod.